budget lah gitu ya di chicken ini lah. Wah, semua di chicken ini tapi hanya dari first of all the wife is just disrespectful. I fall, I fall at the disrespect of wife. Like, oh nah, I'm using the code here in Canada. Let me just you know put on a couple layers and leave in it. I don't like wearing like a coat or a jacket unless I have to. So let me just do that and go. Headed out and early in the morning, had breakfast, went to buy, buy some bits and bobs for uh, so on and so forth. And I was walking back and I just felt just knives on my face and I'm like, what's going on? This wind is truly trying to slap me. Because my body was fine, in fact I was incredibly warm. But then that my fingers and my face just Canadian wind and Canadian cold is just disrespectful sometimes you know so i had to you know i had to humble myself and pop back into the hotel and i did take off a couple layers but i decided you know i'm gonna wear my t-shirt and then wear a jacket on top that was also a mistake as well so tomorrow i'm gonna i'm gonna be respectful i'm gonna look around and see how see how everyone else is dressed and then i'm gonna go out and dress that as so they're not no not fashion sense just you know in terms of the amount of layers so yeah back on canadian so flight was terrible oh i mean i fly with a particular airline and I, uh, when i'm doing long-haul flights to north america and i try my best to stick to this airline because usually most times they're really good and they're reliable they tend to leave on time the food tend to be decent i always order kosher to avoid any milk or anything in my but this time, everything, you know, it's their line. I don't want to name names because, you know, I might still use them in the future or whatever. Sponsorship in that. <laughs> but, um, I say their line. First of all, they put us on an old-ass aircraft. I didn't even know they still had aircrafts that, like, aren't touchscreen or, like, not just aren't touchscreen, but, like, airlines need to really, really change the uh, headphone jack thing. Listen, if it can't have a normal headphone jack, if you need an adapter, fam, your aircraft is too old. And also, all this carpet, clean the carpet if you're going to have a carpet, uh, an old school carpet, clean it. Because you, can, you, know, you know the carpet is just, you can just smell it, you can just feel it. Oh. So anyway, I'm on the flight. I'm not in business, but I'm the one like closest to business in it, premium economy and that. So... My flight, yeah, I ordered, one I ordered, my flight, I bought a seat that was, like, supposed to be singular, and it? it? was supposed to be on its own. I know it's, it was, like, a row of three, and then a row of two, and then one on its own. And I thought, okay, mine's going to be one on its own. Cool, calm. Let me book that one because I need space. I don't want to be bothering anyone when I need to go to the bathroom. I always like to be on the outer, on the outer seat. So then, I get on the aircraft. First of all, the first thing I see is no windows on the whole side of like the side that i'm on there's no windows and you can't see outside it's only on one side of the aircraft and i figured what the bloody hell is this i've never been i've never been there's always been windows on both sides i mean they need to see how are you supposed to park <laughs> if you can't see like how are you supposed to know what's going on anyway so there was no no windows so that was red flag number one i said okay okay this is gonna be an interesting flight, I can tell already, because first of all, I'm not a claustrophobic person, but, like, not having any way to see, like, outside, so that I'm not just in a box, it was a bit, so, yeah, then, I get to the seat, now, the seat I see is supposed to be one, it's two seats, and I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, it'll be calm because there's a little bit of space on either side. It's fine. It had like a little aisle on either side. This was why it was super strange because it wasn't an aisle seat. It was supposed to be like a an aisle and a window seat. It, it was an aisle and a window seat. But the window seat had no windows and it had an aisle. So it was so strange. But anyway, so I sat down and I was like, okay, I hope just to hope that no one sits next to me. No one sits next to me. No one sits next to me. Lo and behold, this guy comes and sits right next to me, and he's, he's a bit on the chunkier side. So I was already feeling like, oh, God. So I asked him, oh, can I sit on the outer seat? Because I tend to get up a, a lot during the flight, so I drink a lot of water, you know, stay hydrated, always stay hydrated. Eat less food on the plane and drink more water. I decided to ask him, do you mind if I sit on the side of the seat? And he goes, nah, I, I usually sit, and I prefer the aisle seat, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of these tickets. I was like, okay, cool, no, no worries. Put my headphones on. Two minutes later, he says, you know what, I'm going to sit in behind you. You can have more space and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that's cool, thanks, blah, blah, blah. Because apparently there's no one behind us. Now, I say, okay, cool. I got, I got, that's one red flag that's been resolved by just God or something. So I decided to, like, lift the the armrest up so that it will be like more space in it because there's no one sitting next to me so it'll be like two seater i lift it and the the armrest doesn't lift it doesn't lift all the way i'm like huh maybe it's me i, I start pulling on it this thing's lift why would you have an armrest that lifts halfway so it can knock people out it doesn't make any sense it, doesn't, it just gets stuck halfway i said oh, for god's sake so i can't even stretch out you can't even stretch out on have a nap for it's a fucking nine hour flight it's a nine hour flight, so I was like, <sighs> so I said, okay, you know what, I'll lift it the halfway and just do some sort of entangled trampezium type thing and just try and like make sure my joints ain't getting too stiff. Right, cool. So that's a, I found a workaround in that one. I said, okay, let me just pop on a film or something. And I noticed that there's a suit in front of me. The screen is playing, but it's not responding to any of the controls that I'm pressing. I said, okay, maybe they're doing, like, the aircraft is not ready. Like, you know, you sometimes on, on flights, you're not able to do any manual controls on your on your device um, until the plane is, you know, up in the air and, and, and on its way. So I said, cool, let me try the other one. The other one was working. I said, oh, for God's sake. So the one that's directly in front of me isn't working in terms of controls. The screen is fine. So I said, okay. And we got moved to the, the, the second seater. Okay, I get to the second seater. Lo and behold, it's over, this, the controls are working. The screen is fine. But the sound keeps having this kind of like high-pitched sound. I said, oh no, I'm not dealing with that. I moved to the other one. I said, okay, maybe it's the whole, maybe it's the whole aircraft. Maybe it's something going on. Maybe they, they're going to fix it. Blah, blah. So I tried to hear headphones like, in the one where the controls weren't working was perfect sound i said for fuck's sake someone's fucking with me how can the sound not be working on this but the control controls are and vice versa with the other one i said a part of me was like maybe i should play the film on one and just make up the dialogue so that's what i did i just played the film on the one that was working and just pretend i knew what they were talking about it was just a blank film no vocals and i was just like you know what i'm gonna make up the dialogue see if i know what this is happening with this film that's what i did for about 
seven hours. <laughs> Three films. Three films I watched. No no dialogue. Couldn't even put subtitles on. Just watching. The films were Harriet, which I didn't pick. The aircraft picked. It was randomly pay- playing when I actually sat down to the seat. So I just said, you know what, let me just see what's going on there. Turns out the film's just about... Obviously, Harriet Tubman, but it does a lot of flashbacks to like slave, and she just looks lost and going back and forth. And I'm like, oh, this is this is not this. Is, I'm not gonna be a fan of this film. So then, the next film that like, it moves on to, I changed the film. So let me watch something a bit more up my street. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. So that film, great cinematography. I love the use of the color red. Lovely. He likes painting red things. I mean, this is what I'm gathering from what the movie was about, because obviously I didn't hear none of it. He has a group of friends that stand by the house and they all make fun of him, I think. This is my own interpretation of what was going on in the film. Could have nothing to do with it. I know the film's about gentrification. But, you know, since I had to entertain myself for seven hours, I just created a whole different narrative. For which I will tell you now. Harriet, the last black man in San Francisco, and the final film, Gemini, were all one film to me. Just a continuation, three generations or two generations of the same plot. And this is where it starts. Hi, I'm Lola. Hi, I'm Laya. And this is Couch Festival. So you're back. How was it? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I heard uh, you had issues in the plane. <laughs> no? Yeah, I had some issues in the plane, as you could you heard it before. Yeah. Put it in the start of this podcast, it was tough, but you know I was better on the way back, a little bit marginally better because I flew back with, I flew out with a Dutch airline, and I flew in with a, their French airline counterpart. Uh-huh. The French bit is better. The French, no. Yeah, the French part coming back was better. The service from the French. Ah, I thought you said the Dutch is why you come back. No, I came back with the the French counterpart. I went out with the Dutch. The ah. Dutch, they, they, their customer service was better. Their plane was shit. Whereas coming back, the French, the the thingy was better. The journey was better and the seat was better. Cool. So that was the best the best of the travel. The best place in Toronto you visited. Oh. Most interesting. I really enjoyed the art gallery. First of all, the, the lift was massive. It's a huge lift. It was like the size of like a double bedroom in a hotel. It was massive and they have mirrors on either side. It was really cool. Have you ever been in a an elevator that big? No. No, no, no. I've never been in an elevator that big. How many big. people it, it can be? I would say at least... You could push it to 50. Oh. Maybe 60. It was big. It was big. It was big. And it had mirrors. And I was like, like I took pictures with... I could have done a whole photo shoot, but it was... <laughs> no. It was only two floors that go up each one because you had to go around the other way to go mm-hmm. to the next floors. It was good. It was the art gallery of uh, Ontario. That was lovely. That's it? <laughs> uh, what was the best thing in the I mean, to, I mean, the t- Toronto, Toronto is the thing I liked about going to Toronto was that even though it was winter, there was lots, still lots to do. Because mm-hmm. some cities, like this, is a mark of whether you can tell that this place is actually a city city, or if it's like if it's a city in the summer, 
Yeah. And then in the winter, it's like dead. Yeah. Which I would say is the case for certain coastal cities. But for Toronto, it was really good because, like, there's loads and loads of stuff to do. Um, So I went to the art gallery. I, I went just walking around for a bit. It was minus 19. I thought I could firm it the first day, you know. I think I told you, I thought I could firm it the first day. And it was just like, <laughs> no, go put on a jumper and a jacket. Wear your sweatpants. I didn't wear... I wore sweatpants my whole trip, all different sorts of sweatpants. <laughs> I bought new sweatpants, I bought jeans. I didn't wear the jeans, I wore sweatpants. But it was good, it was a really good trip. Um, Where else did I go? I went to... You used... did the tour with the bus? Oh, I did the bus tour, the hop on, as hop on. a proper tourist? Yeah, because I wanted to see like all the places they want to see as a tourist. And um, I saw... I went to go see the... Uh, you <laughs> I saw all the the other art museums, like the Royal Museum, the History Museum, or whatever. I went to see like the art galleries. I went to see the. Uh, I went to the. My favorite places to go was the comic book store, which I went crazy. I went to the Beguiling Comic Book Store, which shout out to them, because they were the only one in the in the whole of Toronto, that had Clean Room Volume Two. They didn't have Clean Room Volume Three because it's been out of print, which is sad because I just realized that. It was released like in 2017. Uh-huh. So it was ages ago, but they still haven't they print, do a reprint. Was, it's like ended, but they haven't reprinted like yeah. thing. So it's like, I don't know if they know that there's a demand for it. So maybe we need to make a bit more noise about it. I've discovered some a few more comic books there, like Bitterroot and all these other stuff. So it was like cool. Which one did you take home? I took, I bought Goliath, Bitterroot. Paper Girls, no, Paper Girls I think I bought in, in France. Where did I buy Paper Girls from? Yeah. Some other books as well that I can't remember. Oh, there was one called The God Complex that I bought as well. Most of them were image comics, yeah. <laughs> as we know. But um, Clean Room, I realised, was actually Vertigo. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it's not image, which is impressed me. And then I also went to um, Popeye's Chicken. <laughs> so you know there's like in america there's this famous like their fast food places like it'll be like the equivalent of i don't know because in spain you don't really have no no they have kfc yeah this but they, it's like they have loads of different types of chicken shops no, we, don't have we don't have a lot not even in the uk we have a lot you have nando's it's not the same as nando's because nando's is like a proper yeah. like it's proper food it's it's just they make it fast but it's proper food let's just say it's another type of chicken shop right yeah. but it's like a famous one and they always talk about the biscuits the biscuits are like scones you know like our scones mm, yeah. like the not scones scones are the thick um not bread yeah, yeah, but yeah, those, yeah, scones yeah. that are round yeah so i was like okay you know what i'm here this is my only opportunity to, f- to figure out what everyone's going to because they had chick-fil-a but i was like nah this guy's a homophobe i can't be supporting they had like Popeyes, they had churches, they had all these different ones. They had Red Lobster, which had a weird waiting list for you. You couldn't go like into the restaurant. Um, So I said, okay, let me go to Popeyes. I went to Popeyes and I saw, first of all, <laughs> we go in here, yeah, it's the ghetto. It's like, it's, it's the panda. Like literally, like it was just not dirty, but it was just because there's different types of like in, in the UK, there's like Morley's, Dixie's. PFC, Perfect Fried Chicken, there's different ones, yeah. When you go and step into a Morley's, it's fine because you know it's just a chicken shop. You're just there to get your chicken. Sometimes they'll have like, you know, seats and stuff, but you know the chicken's good, so you go in, boom, mm. come out. 
Right? You, you eat on the street or you eat on your way home or you eat there. Boom, boom, boom. When you got, I went into Popeyes, it was so confusing because they had seating arrangements. Like you could sit down, but they didn't have a bathroom. They, okay, you have seating arrangements, you don't have a bathroom. Fine. You know, that that's similar in Maldives. But then people were like standing up, arguing. There was a woman in front of us and she was getting vexed at the uh, woman on the other side of the car. Really? She's just telling you the options like she's like because it's not like there wasn't anything available she was just like yeah you're gonna have to wait two minutes for that and she was like can i just have this then can i just have that uh, it's chicken calm down it's not that deep like it's just chicken i was with you know i was with uh deborah we got in and deborah's like nah i don't want anything and i think we just ate prior oh we went to plant a burger oh. so the vegan <laughs> the vegan. went to the vegan place and then you went to go to look for chicken <laughs> Nice. The first of all, the planter burger was amazing. It was incredible. It was mm-hmm. really good. It was um, I didn't feel super full. Bloated after. It was good. Anyway, yeah. So we got so we got in, and I was like, okay, let me just order something to taste, so I can say I I did it in it. Let me just be quiet and just face. I had to I had to put my my peckham face on. So I put my peckham. So you know when when you do your peckham face. And then, and then you have to, uh, you're like, oh, God, no one's paying attention to it. Let me do my Croydon face. And then I did that. And um, I, I look up, yeah. So I'm reading the menu. I look up. They put the calories next to the to the, to the thing. Really? I said, yeah. The first, the first like, box, that, that the option that it offered was, like, this, this, and this, whatever. Let's say it was four wings. Uh, it comes with fries, a biscuit, and a drink. And I looked up. It was mad. It said, 1,766 calories to 3,000. I said, where's the two? It's, it can't be uh, it's to 3, 000, to 3, calories in the box. Yeah. I said, what happened to this? Why is there added 1,000 calories? Yeah. It was mad. I said, I can't do this. Like, this is... What is happening? Why are they allowed? Why are they allowed to serve so many calories in Which one is box? It's supposed to be your calories of the day. Of the day. Okay, you know what? Let me just order off the menu because it looks like it's going to be a madness. So I said, what here will give me the least amount of heart attack? <laughs> and I looked and I said, uh, I see that they serve shrimp. You go to a chicken place to eat shrimp? So they serve shrimp. So I said, okay, let me get the shrimp box. And I said, don't give me fries. Just give me an extra biscuit because I'm not... Give me an extra scone. I'm not gonna, first of all, I'm not going to eat it. And give me a water. So the woman was looking at me like... You're coming in here, so the shrimp, biscuit, and water. And I didn't even drink the water because the water was like, first of all, the water, they didn't come in a bottle. It's like sugar and shit. And she gave me the cup and she said, it's in, in the machine. I was like, I look at the machine and you can't see the water. I was like, there's no water in there. She says, it's in that tiny little square. You have to click that t- that grey square. Oh, and then I clicked it and the water was coming and it wouldn't stop because the button got stuck. I just walked away and the guy stopped it for me. Because I got fed up. I was like, this place is... So anyway, um, I drank a little bit of water and I put them. I tried the shrimp. I have to say the shrimp was banging. Uh, what is it? Breaded shrimp? Bread, not just breaded shrimp, but they put it like an occasion sauce, like an occasion like uh, batter. Mm-hmm. And they cook it nice and well. Nice. And it's fresh and it's big. That was nice. These biscuits that they're always talking about, about Popeyes, I, I already knew in my head like it's just probably like a savory scone and they're just exaggerating. And I was correct. It's just, I said to Deborah, like, this is just a scone. But I had Popeyes, and I I can say that the shrimp was good. So 
I'm sure the chicken was good too, but I didn't try it. Okay. <laughs> I know I just told you like five minutes about Popeye's, and even though I went to Toronto and I saw loads of different shit. <laughs> but yeah. One time, and another night, it was so, so windy and it was so cold and so windy. And we were downtown, like in the financial district, like next to all the hotels and all the huge sky rises and stuff. And we really needed to go to the bathroom. But there was no toilets because it was like quite late. All the malls were closed. I think it was on a Sunday. And we were like, oh shit, what are we going to do? So we went into one of these expensive, like... Hotels. Not, no, it wasn't even a hotel. It's one of those expensive res- residences that you hire out if you're like a rich celebrity or whatever. So we went into one of those. And we asked the guy, oh, do you have bathrooms in here? The guy just looked at us and just said... And we were like, we were fuming. He's like, didn't even answer us, didn't even speak to us, didn't even look at us. So, so we went, we went around the corner, and this white guy, we asked him, and he was so nice. So I was like, no, but I can sneak you in, to da 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 up to top. In the same place? In the same place. So we went up, so he snuck us, and he said, if you go to this place, this place, this place, you'll see it. And we're like, thank you, thank you so much. And I was just like, the white guy helped us. The black guy just ignored us. Hi, what's up, black guy? Yeah, yeah, I was just like, this is why we can't grow together. It's like, <laughs> Give us the keys, fam. You're supposed to, like, you know, supposed to let, the... let people in behind you, man. It's not always about you. But anyway, then I went again and I said, and then uh, we went to the... First, we went to the elevator, yeah. But wait, wait, wait. It was the same building of the that the black guy said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he saw you enter again. No, no, but we went around a different... You know, mm-hmm. these expensive residences, there's different entrances. And oh, it's, right, like, right. different lobbies. It's huge. To be fair, I think the black guy was a security guy and the white guy was uh the concierge. So, mm-hmm. he might have gotten in trouble if he said something. But anyway, he just ignored us like we didn't exist. These floors go up so high. There were 76 floors. These floors go up so high, yeah? I swear to God. When you go in... The first time we went in and we didn't press, like, anything... So it just started moving to whoever pressed it on the 30th floor. So you have to do it quick. But we didn't know. So we went in and we were like waiting for the doors to close. And then we press it, blah, 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 blah. Like a normal bloody lift. And it went up so fast. And I said, I'm losing. I can't, I can't see. It's high altitude. <laughs> I can't see anything. And it was going so fast. And then it the opened. And then it went down. I was like, okay, okay, we have to click. And it get, we, before we got to this floor, it was it was ridiculous. So then we finally got to the sixth floor. It was supposed to be on the sixth floor. We went to the 30th floor. <laughs> went to the, I went to the sixth floor. And then we went to the bathroom. It was a little bit long wait, but yeah, it was fine. And it was a, it was a nice big bathroom, blah, blah, blah. And we came to that. So, so far, I've told you about Popeyes and a, and a bathroom that it wasn't supposed to be ours. <laughs> Those are the things I went. Ah, I went to St. Lawrence's Market. That was nice. They had loads of food, loads of samples. They had Mexican food, different types of food. They had a cool bakery place downstairs. It was really good. I bought loads of stuff for Deborah there. Good. And now, uh, the real reason why you went there? <laughs> why did I go there? For the festival, maybe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went there for the Toronto Film Festival. Toronto Black Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. It started, what about it? It started the... Uh... 12th of February to the 17th of February. Yeah. It was good. It was a good festival. There's a few hiccups. I will say, you know, I'm going to say all the good things I liked about it first. It was mm-hmm. really good. First of all, the film festival is curated by this woman called Fabienne Collas. And she does the... Toronto Black Film Festival, the Montreal Black Film Festival, the Halifax Black Film Festival, the Salvador 
Black Film Festival. She does another one as well. So she's like, she curates all these festivals for black film in Canada, which is really cool. The first night we were told, so I'm going to go by night by night so that it's sort of, maybe I should go by film. film. By film or by night? By film. By film. Okay, so the first night. No, no, no. Okay, so the first night. <laughs> so first night, the opening film, mm-hmm. like it's the first night. So the opening night, the opening film, a film called The Princess of Row, which is Skid Row in uh, California, which is like this strip of land or this strip of um this area where it houses like 50,000 or more homeless people in California, which is mad. It's so ridiculous. It's basically its own town. And they all live in, like, different tents and stuff like that. Um, A lot of them are mentally ill. It's about this young girl who doesn't want to be separated for, from her father, but her father is homeless because he has... He was unable to keep his job. He was unable to keep his life together after he came back from the war. You know, the West is fighting in the Middle East. And he has a lot of brain trauma, PTSD. He has these lucid moments, few and far between. The kid basically lives for those lucid moments because she spends a lot of time, she's like 12, she spends a lot of time with him. Her schoolwork suffers for it. Her safety is not really the best. It's not really the best safety because obviously you're in an environment that 12 year old kid shouldn't be in and then there's this option for this two other people to adopt her people try to adopt her but it doesn't really work out because she either steals from them or like leaves them because she wants to get back to her dad basically there's some beautiful scenes in there i really enjoyed the film some beautiful scenes in there and um the social worker is Betty's sister from Ugly Betty. I don't know if you watched Ugly Betty. No, not the version. Oh, not the American version. Yeah, she's the sister from Ugly Betty. So she was really good. She was a really good counsellor. Ultimately, it was a really good film in terms of showing the relationship between dad and, and daughter and the bond that they have. There were some really beautiful scenes. Like, there's a scene when they they were in a hotel. They were dancing. That was a really cute scene. They they had this, like, little little montage where they... Prior to this, them having this beautiful scene, there's a scene that I think they should have given a trigger warning for. They didn't give any trigger warnings for this film. It was very odd mm-hmm. um, because there was a lot of moments for them to do it because it was the opening film. They could have spoken about it before, like, hey, trigger warning if you put it on the... Trigger warning? You mean, like, announcement of this film or what? No, a trigger warning. You don't know what trigger warnings? No, I don't It's like saying, oh, just a heads up, there's scenes of attempted rape or Ah, rape or, like, there's, there's like, you know, abuse, like, physical abuse, blah, 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 because, you know, people who are watching this film, even though we know it's about Skid Row, but we we know it's a film about father and daughter, there's certain scenes that we're not, like, expecting to see. So, for example, in this film, one, there's a, a scene where the dad is being beaten up by, like, five high school kids. He, in the end, like, he he fights back a little, but then the girl comes and, like, threatens them with mace. And there's, like, another scene that's basically the attempted rape of the 12-year-old or 13-year-old child. And it's not like, a, they didn't do it in an ambiguous way, like, where you can, you know, like, it's... There's certain scenes where they could have stopped and you would have got the idea. But they took it, like, to the point where, like, this older white man on top of her, like, trying to shut her up. To the point where to film this scene, for this child to film this scene, which should have been maybe super traumatic. Mm -hmm. And also, like, to see the scene is, like, super traumatic. You don't want to see a kid getting raped. For me, this is where it goes to the point of what are we trying to do here in terms of 
the portrayal of little black girls and the vulnerability of them out on the streets like obviously the storyline of her being vulnerable to predators yeah is true and is a common thing that happens it will be a disservice not to show that in terms of this is what tends to happen the kids that are uh, in Skid Row tend to be trafficked Mm -hmm. in order for them to make money for you know their family or to survive or whatever whatever we need to see this to understand this to be able to prevent it but we don't need to see a little black girl being the attempt of a rape of a little black girl and i it makes and i know for sure that if this was a story that was like involving a a little a little white girl they wouldn't have taken that scene so far so that's kind of thing sort of makes me really uncomfortable makes me go okay so who directed this film what's going on here because to take it to that length and not give any trigger warnings or Mm -hmm. anything to anybody like you're you're showing this to a room of black people it's irresponsible that kind of thing is a sort of made me question like what's going on like when i watched the whole film i didn't think about like oh who directed this anything i didn't even know the director was a mm-hmm. white guy until like the end because it was a really good film there's beautiful scenes in it and it really is a story about a, a dad and his daughter and in the end like the, the girl next to me was crying like so so many times throughout the movie <laughs> even at points that wasn't even sad just a happy scene she's crying crying i was like oh my god this is really touching Crying was happy this is really touching her soul. I just had... <laughs> this is quite annoying. That was my only discomfort and stipulation mm-hmm. about the, the film. Like, that scene wasn't necessary. And we're having too many black women's bodies and black girls, especially these bodies, aren't respected in the same way in the film industry as little uh, white girls or, mm. or their other counterparts. They sh- you should treat these kids as kids. Even in a, in a situation where... Obviously, the scene is supposed to show you this child is being put in a situation that it's no one should be in, especially not a child. That you could have stopped at a certain point and we'd have got the message. You don't need to put this grown man on top of this little child and have this aggressive scene. And you know, what I mean, in the end, obviously, dad comes in and saves the day and like beats the guy up and whatever. But it's it wasn't necessary. It was it was quite a gross scene and was you didn't need to show that. In general, what rate would you give the movie? Uh, I would give the movie, a, I would give it a solid eight because it was a very good movie. I'm surprised it's not. That's high. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a really good film. First of all, the kid actor is really good. The guy in it who plays the uh, dad is very very good. It was well directed in terms of the cinematography. It's beautiful. It's a really good film. It's cool. some issues with it, but it's a really good film. I give it eight out of ten. That's nice. That's a nice rate. And the public there. The people that are watching the movie? They're very vocal, (laughs) I have to say. But that's the thing about North North Americans. They're very vocal when they're watching films like this. Um, There were scenes like, they were like, ooh, ah, no, yeah, ooh. (laughs) It was was, was funny because at the end of the attempted rape scene, they steal the money from the guy, the guy that tried to rape the girl. Um, And then they go on like a, a whole like trip. They go to the... The thrift store buy new clothes then they go to like the restaurant and have food then they go rent a hotel room and dance and stuff but then in that scene again at the end of that scene the dad there's like fireworks outside or something and the dad gets like triggered yeah. uh, because of the sounds and he ends up like flailing his arms and accidentally hitting the girl gets hit like gets a concussion or whatever so in the end yeah. the kid um chooses to to be adopted by or to be fostered by another another couple who had their own little trauma 
but she ends up leaving her dad behind. She ends up choosing herself mm-hmm. um, because she needs, you know, she realised it's not really an environment for her. She really has these dreams of being a writer. It was good. It was a lovely, lovely film and it really put her in the centre of everything. Her and her dad, mm-hmm. but her really at the centre of everything. Um, yeah, the first night was, was cool. The first film was cool. Second film I I watched. Wait, was it crowded? Was it full? Oh, the the premiere. Yeah, it was full. It was yeah. really full, really yeah. crowded. Um, a one thing that did was there people who had all access pass. You're supposed to be there like, like an hour early. They kept emailing us like the day before and a week before to pick up your pass, and then they got there an hour early and they didn't even have the passes That's ready. So it's it was like okay, you asked before and tell us. Because I had other things to do, so they tell us that we don't, you don't have the passes, they're not ready yet, whatever, but they didn't tell us that. So I got there and they just gave me like this little token or whatever, and <laughs> when I went into the uh, thing, they didn't even check my ticket or anything. <laughs> so it was a thing. I didn't get my, my pass until halfway through the festival, mm. which was interesting, which was like, it sort of makes you not want to go because you don't want to have to explain, especially since they didn't even have my name down as well. So it's like, explain oh i have this but it's, you, it's not ready for you guys da, da, da. my name is mm. this but it, it's a new, new system because they had a new system in between purchases like so it was there's a lot of technical issues which would have been fine if you'd let us know beforehand rather than we get there you know we have to keep going and coming back it was just a little bit higgy haga in that way um but in terms of the film selection it was good like there was a film called the last tree mm-hmm. that was good that was about a, a nigerian boy um, who was adopted, who was fostered by, uh, it was similar to, actually, similar to Farming, which we wanted to watch. That one, oh, Farming yeah. was a little bit more, uh, from the trailer, Farming looked a little bit more, uh, very aggressive. That one focused, Farming focused more on the racism that the kid experienced and the self-hatred, whereas the this last tree sort of focuses more on the relationship between the child and his mum. In terms of like the distance, like because he couldn't really connect with his mum that much. Um, he was angry at his dad for leaving, you know, not being being his dad and leaving. And then in the end, it was lovely because he went. The last twenty minutes was him in Nigeria. It was like a full circle moment. He he understood his mum more. Um, he met his dad, and he was like, "This guy's a waste man." He's like, "Cause the dad is like." super rich a lot of these uncles that are like rich in nigeria or whatever rich in west africa they have their own set of kids there blah 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 but when they travel they just do do a madness and they did neglect kids all over the world all over the world (laughs) so he went home and he was like okay this guy's a dickhead then he left and he went with his mom and then his him his mom went to the markets and stuff and they he he was really loving the vibes of like that you seen these people really connecting with the with the land and the people and then he went to the beach and it's just like it was a full circle moment but prior to that he was in london it was a very london film i thought she was going to send him to nigeria which a lot of most Mm. people do like they just send their kids to nigeria for like four or five years and then they bring four, them... Four, five years. For, listen, because they just send the kid to Nigeria for... Not even four or five years. Sometimes it's longer, depending on the age of the kid. And then they bring them back when they think that the country has disciplined them, the boarding school. Not knowing that sometimes it makes the kid worse. Because they go there and they're like, oh, this is easy. I couldn't pattern this place up. Lagos is not on the same level of danger, the streets. It's not the same level of danger. Like, as long as you've got money and when they go over there, they will have, like, provisions provided. It's it's calm. I could pattern this place up. 
And then they come back and then they're like, you guys, you man are not doing nothing. Like, they become worse because they know how to finesse and stuff. So, anyway, I thought there were, she was just going to send her to Nigeria, but she didn't. She actually did what most people actually should do, which is actually go on a, like, a sort of pilgrimage with your kid and to Nigeria, explain, oh, this is the village you come from, this is the, just to give them, like, a way for them to connect and understand why things in their life are happening the way they are. A lot of the times they just throw the kid to Nigeria with relatives that they don't know, put them in boarding school. Uh, you just create a further disconnect. Whereas this one, she went with him and she went to so see the dad. So he understood, listen, your dad's a dickhead, isn't he? She didn't say that, but she went there. Okay, last three and rate to last three. Oh, the last three. I would also give it an eight. Yeah, I'll give it an eight, but different reasons. Yeah. The cinematography, I think, wasn't as good as The Princess of Skid Row. <laughs> um, but the story was good. Really? Man used too much slow slow motion photography or whatever. It was too much. Oh, too much really? slow motion. I don't like... Uh, I hate that when they do a lot of slow motion. Just it's, do, it's, do more drama. Yeah, and it's lazy. It's, a, it's too lazy. And the, like yeah. the red lighting for you to understand it's a trap house. It's like... Yeah. It was too like in your face. Yeah, it's like showing you... Here is where you have to get emotional. Or this exactly. is an important scene. Look, exactly. I'm putting a slow motion. I liked the woman who played his mother. She's really good at playing aunties. But she's quite young, but she's really good at playing aunties. Um... Yeah, it was good. Cool. What I will say is that there wasn't a really wide selection. Oh. They had some films and they had a couple of workshops for the kids, but they didn't have enough lectures or workshops or any actually workshops or lectures for people who wanted to get into the film industry or help people, in our case, uh, in the film industry or get involved in like creating a network, whatever. It wasn't, there wasn't great networking opportunities in terms mm. of seminars, lectures, so um, workshops for adults or people wanting to get into the film industry or people who are of the film industry wanted to show you how to put on a festival they had one or two workshops for kid acting so you think it's more like maybe a festival for like general public to go towards movies than for professionals or people who's more interested in the cinematography world exactly like it's not really a festival for networking or for opportunities for the sector no it's more focused on the general audience that's what i think movies, yeah right? that's really? what exactly what i think but even you're like, expecting a little bit more of that i was expecting a lot more mm. of that because because they've been doing it for eight years so that i would was, have expected yeah. a, a lot more there was a spike structure lee. as well spike lee yeah spike lee was good um i did get that ticket uh free because i got the all access pass so they sent me a complimentary ticket which was nice but at the same time, like, we were watching a film that's already been re- released, Bamboozled. You know, there's the Q&A after. But I don't like it when you try and structure a festival around one event. Yeah. You can't build a whole festival around that because he's only there for one day. Mm-hmm. They could have done, like, it's something to do, you know, you could have got some film teachers involved in Toronto. I'm sure there's a lot of film schools. Yeah. There's ways about it because there's the, another event that happens, which is TIFF. Toronto International Film Festival, which is one of the most famous in the world. Yeah. You, obviously, you can't compare them, but it's like you're in the same city model in terms of the options that they offer mm. um, and trying to do similar things in terms of, you know, networking opportunities and 
yeah, seminars and learning activities and things like that. Sure. So I was a little bit disappointed because I came for the whole festival, but I didn't attend all of it because a lot of it wasn't available for me to attend or it was at a weird time. Or, mm. yeah. I think we talk about the festival enough. Mm. What do you think I should give it? After you said... Out of 10 or out of 5? Out of 10. It's what we said, like, depends, because there's these two focus on festivals, as a professional or as a, or as a, as a public for, artist okay. that just want to watch movies. For a professional, you want to, you want, you're trying to get in there to meet other people. I would say it would be like a 5 out mm-hmm. of 10. It would be like a 2 out of 5 and a 5 out of 10. Okay. As an, an audience member, observer just for the selection of, of films that are available, 6.5. Okay. This, the films that they do have are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just don't have enough. The schedule isn't enough. Mm. Also, maybe the fact that you told me about the, that the things were so spread in the in the locations were so separated. Yeah, no. they're quite spread out. It's not like one central place and mm. then little places. No, it's so spread, no? Mm-hmm. That's problematic maybe in a big city mm. like Toronto. Yeah. Mostly so, because if they do one movie at five and another at seven, yeah, you can't arrive. get to the yeah. to the next place. Okay, okay, that's good. So yeah, would I go again next time? I don't think I'll go for another few years, but I think I would go to the Montreal one. But I think I'm going for the city more than the festival. To the Montreal one, because it's the same people that are doing it. So mm, it's like yeah. you'd go for like like the city yeah, vibes. It's so good to compare. Maybe yeah, in maybe. Montreal, it's all of a sudden, they change. Also, after every edition of a festival, you normally have like the improvements, the things that the people or public said. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. So, if you pick up all these answers or uh, comments mm-hmm. and you try to improve the next one, yeah, that's the main thing. So, it's good to do like, okay, you went to this one, it was not like crazy good, it was not so good, but. Uh, maybe if you go the next year, you can see you. I you have the opportunity to see how they improve and they change the thing. Then if you see that it didn't change, then you can say okay, I don't go for a long time. Yeah, but I, I mean, think it's always good to do like at least two a times. A little review of two times of a festival. Yeah, and I call. I'll go back in a couple of years. It's um, it's because it's a festival that's housed other. They've had Ava DuVernay there. They've had the guy that did Hair Love. Mm. So it's not like they don't select really good films or, or talk to have a really good selection of speakers or whatever yeah. it's just that the events around the films you know uh cool so uh, we hope you you enjoyed uh, this explanation of uh, toronto the black toronto film festival and um see you next podcast <laughs> because i don't know if it's gonna be next week or in two days or oh, who knows wow. okay no, because our podcasts are like surprise. They come when they come. No? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so see you. This is Slaya and this is Couch Festival. I can't believe you forgot the name <laughs> of our own podcast. You're a bloody loser. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>